Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon look back on another European knockout defeat for Arsenal. But will they escape any warranted criticism? Meantime, Sir Jim Ratcliffe has spoken publicly for the first time since his 25% deal in Manchester United was confirmed. Is he hitting all the right notes with the fans? Plus, following in the footsteps of Taylor and Catterall yesterday, welterweight boxers Chris Congo and Florian Marcou joined us in studio ahead of their bout next month. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Good morning, Simon. At times I wonder what they're trying to do to us. Yesterday, Josh Taylor yeah. and Jack Catterall, today Messrs Congo and Marku, and we're assured they don't get on very well. Yeah. Maybe people think they're serving up our just deserves to us. Did I hear um, the news bulletin that Wayne Rooney was studying law? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I heard something similar there do, for, in do you Steve's think bulletin. So, do you think that so that he can represent himself when people <laughs> make allegations against his crimes against football management? Do you think that's what he could be doing it for? I can't imagine Wayne with the, the wig and the going on. Rumpole no. of the Bailey. Rumpole Same of the Bailey. Physique, yeah. Yes, uh, that, that, one, uh, that one left us uh, somewhat shocked. Um, a lot to get through this morning, as always. And as always, we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. Simon, I have to say, four lovely guys in to see the breakfast show there. Yeah. But the yeah. real reason for coming in was to meet you. And no, um, no. I mean, they drew the short straw landing up with the Brain Trust, didn't they? Um, <laughs> yes. With Alan and Gabby. Um, yes. But very nice guys and very complimentary about our show which is always nice to hear isn't it which was very good yeah. uh, to hear did you enjoy the encounter yesterday with with taylor and Catherall in here yeah i mean i think it's um an interesting one because the boys have been on this tour of press conferences and i think what we got was the third in a row where they probably vented their spleen at one another for the last two days at full throttle <laughs> and so were uh, yeah. slightly more circumspect Right. Uh, Jack was more provocative and Josh was very calm and um, almost statesman-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But listen, you come away from it thinking both boys are, are, are very decent young fellows. You know, Josh is slightly older than Jack and we've got a good fight on our hands. Right. And it was nice that they behaved themselves. And I, th- I did think all that stuff with the security guards was a bit over-egging it, sort of matchroom, get it, let's get some more attention on it. And they must have been spitting feathers, matchroom and disown, when they get when they see you. This is... Hatred runs deep, and you've got them taking photographs and taking selfies and shaking hands. With them. <laughs> Come on, lads! Enough of this hatred. Yeah. 
let's have a handshake, not yeah. once, uh, but twice. Josh Taylor actually, Simon, spoke to me at the reception yeah. area for about 25 minutes afterwards and said, yeah, one day it'd be great to fight at Easter Road, the home of Fabernie in yeah, Edinburgh. I heard that, yeah. But he actually got me on to thinking, on another topic, he said, my real dream is to fight the Esplanade uh, of uh, Edinburgh Castle. Is that right? He said, an open-air fight in the summer. Yeah. Like they have the, the tattoo up at uh, Edinburgh Castle, of course, every year. Yeah. And it's a splendid, splendid event. And he said, I'd love to fight in the grounds of the castle. That would be something well, else. Well, you know, certainly with the previous body of work up until the performance against Jack and the loss against Teofimo Lopez, he is in that sort of category of a powerful power and great, one of Scotland's greatest fighters. And given this era of big stadium fights and invested interest, it's not beyond the wit of man. And I think if he beats Jack Catterall and really and ignites his career yeah that's infinitely achievable sure. infinitely achievable because he's very very good and so is jack both of them both of them are very good fighters and it's going to be a really really good fight talking about very good and uh, of course i'm biased towards you but your column is very good this morning in the mail simon jordan on a thursday my message to the miserable souls delighting in kane's failure at bayern uh, and you were saying no there's a lot of life left in harry kane and, oh, and he's had uh, a fairly decent season already we'll get to that this morning we'll get to this now though arsenal again another night another Champions League knockout loss for Arsenal uh, and I said in the introduction it was 1-0 Porto for the record uh, another game to come though the Brazilian Galeno got the winner right at the death but was it a case of the better team lost but the smarter team won at the end of it Arteta was disappointed at what he saw what he perceived to be a lack of aggression from his boys we really dominated the game, but we lack purpose, especially in the first half, to, to have much more aggression, to break lines, to play forward, to, to generate much more threat in that back line. In the second half, there were better, much better things, and we generated a lot of situations without really creating much from it. But uh, we will learn from it. Now it's clear. It's halftime. Uh, you want to be in quarterfinals. You have to be your opponent. It's clear. Uh, and that will be the purpose and the plan uh, with all our supporters together to, to do it. I just wonder, this is the territory, though, that in the past Arsenal have floundered in, Simon. They haven't reached the quarterfinal stage since 2009-10. Yeah. Uh, and they've won the first leg in just one of their last 12 two-legged knockout ties in the competition. This is, it all seems to go well until now in the Champions League. I wonder if this time it's going to be different. Oh, I think so. I mean, I think they came up against the very compact and disciplined Porto side whose job was to get an outcome in the first leg. 1-0. If you go in at half-time at 1-0 in any game, do you necessarily think that game is done? No, I don't think Arsenal have anything to particularly worry about. OK, they would have liked to have come away from that game with more than a the loss, but 1-0 at half-time is no great disaster. You know, the no shots and targets, Simon. No, I know, but it's, European football's a different game. You can't argue in the recent weeks that Arsenal have been absolutely on it and across it. Sure. Porto are OK. They're third in their league. They're not the greatest world beaters in the world, but they're in the Champions League. But you wonder why it's different then last night? Well, I think they were just a tactically well-set-up side. Um, and I think it will be a different dynamic. Um, in, in games like that, you've got to get the first goal. And if you get the first goal, you're going to bring the opposition out to play a different way. And they didn't. And they didn't create as much as you'd like to think they would do. I think they'll take something out of the game. They'll pivot from the, what they did there. The second leg at the Emirates will be a completely different set of affairs. And I don't think there's anything wrong with losing 1-0. Most times in history, when we talk about an away leg in a European competition and a meaningful one like the Champions League, a 1-0 first leg away loss is considered a bit of a win. It's not a disaster. In fact, well, it's, yeah, it's I okay. mean, they're still in it. Yeah, the yeah, tie's still more, alive. They're, they're I get more it. than in it. And I more than expect them to overcome Porto in the second leg. 
um, and 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 to go on to the last stages of the tournament. And I don't think anything should be made much more of it than that. I wonder if getting away, getting rid of the away goals rule, has killed this competition a bit. Um, well, I, I never much liked that rule. I mean, I know it's something that's part of tradition, and I never much felt that it was a great rule in the first place. No, but it gave you incentive to equalise. Of course it did, but I don't think Arsenal were de-incentivised yesterday. I just don't think they were able to overcome Porto and didn't have the toolkit and the approach that the manager would have wanted them to have. They were better in the second half. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a great performance, but it wasn't a disastrous one either. And bringing them back to Emirates with a 1-0 down half-time, that, that, they'll do the job at, at, at the Emirates. I'll be, I'll be surprised if they don't. You think they'll get through? Okay. Yeah, I do. I hope they I get do. through, obviously. Yeah, uh, so do I. One of them to get so through. So uh, meantime, I'm not sure where Jurgen's head is at, at the moment. I saw the, the, the scoreline last night coming out of Anfield. Liverpool nil, Luton one. And I thought, wowzer, what's going to happen in this one? Um, and we knew that Liverpool in the second half would try and set about Luton. And that's exactly what happened. But is Jurgen going overboard slightly with his siege mentality? Because post-match, Klopp attempted to echo the spirit of Barcelona as well as uh, cast Chelsea as favourites for Sunday's Carabao Cup final. Jurgen, at his best. Probably a few months ago or years ago already, I promised the players I will not mention a Barcelona game again. Yeah. And so because I met from time to time, it's just my favourite football game ever. <laughs> so I thought it makes sense. And today again, I mentioned it, just about who was missing, how we scored, because we could have said that night, obviously. He's not here, he's not here, he's not here. Or you just play the game, and that's what we did. We started with a bad pass of Joel Matip, which Jordi Alba wants to head back to his back. Sadio Mane smells the situation, Jordan Henderson, not our leader, fantastic player, but not famous for 1-1, a lot of 1-1 situations. Out dribbles the centre-half, finishes it off, and Divo Gorigi scores the goal, which everybody here would have scored, so wonderful. And then second goal, number eight in the box after losing the ball, winning it back, and stuff like this. So it's not about how you usually play. It's what you do in the moment. And I promise the boys from now on, I will mention Luton instead of Barcelona. <laughs> so Jürgen there, I mean, post-match, of course it's three points, but Jürgen fist-pumping all four sides of Anfield. Yeah. Uh, talk of that famous night against Barcelona. But this was Luton Town coming to play them at so Anfield what? He's got night. seven more games, league games at Anfield, before the curtain comes down on his career. At Anfield and oh, that's what it's about so you amp everything up you heighten the sensitivities the emotion you're dealing with a very different animal that's in pursuit of potential greatness as he exits stage right he walks out of Anfield with four trophies in the bag done deal every last piece of emotion every last piece of call to action every last piece of focusing the player's mind everything about the opportunity that faces Jurgen Klopp will want him to he'll want to leave with people wanting more they'll want more anymore anyway but to leave it in the condition where if they were to walk out of English football with four trophies tall order big ask mm. I suspect it's probably on the balance of probability unlikely but not beyond the wit of them they've got their top of the Premier League they've got a League Cup final which irrespective of the injuries I would put them favourites against Chelsea because Chelsea are like a you know like a box of chocolates and Troy Scump you don't know what you're going to get one week to the next <laughs> and then you've got the Europa, Europa League yeah. and you've got the FA Cup and this, it's there to be done so why wouldn't you ring out Every superlative, every oh, single... You're having it. Well, I am and I'm not. I think it's over-egging the pudding, but the man's in a mode of, I'm leaving. I'm leaving because I'm going to be exhausted 
in six months' time. Yeah. He's forecast his exhaustion date. So, right? Yeah, right. I may as well max so out. I, I might as well max out on every last sentiment <laughs> and every last sensitivity. Yeah. Um, so fair play to him. Fair play, okay. And by yeah. the way, beating Luton. Luton gave him a torrid time and a difficult game up at Kenilworth Road. Yeah. And you've got to beat these sides. And he also described the effect of the goals that Liverpool had in that sh- very quick run of play where they scored four goals quite quickly as a tornado. Mm. So he is... At it, on it, and across it. Was it exactly Barcelona, though, was it? No, it wasn't, but it doesn't matter because there's players in that side that didn't play against Barcelona, and he's got a call to action and reminding people of the greatness of Liverpool teams of the past and giving them a focus. Okay, I get where you're going with it, and maybe he's quite right to do it because his days are limited in that part of the world. Incredible saying it. I still can't get my head around that. You're 100% essential down. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Obviously, we focus on Manchester United. That is uh, the big story at the moment, off the field of play. On it as well, but off it as well, regarding Sir Jim Ratcliffe. Now that he is uh, beginning uh, to um, have utterances or two, if you like, to certain sections of the media, our time will undoubtedly come, Simon. Uh, Sir Jim spoke to certain media outlets yesterday and uh, got onto a variety of different areas of discussion. Um is he hitting all the right notes so with the United fan base already? Let's get to Old Trafford, this famous venue, this home of Manchester United. Does the North deserve a slice of the Wembley iconography, if you like? It's a new stadium, the greatest legacy I know I can imprint on a football club. Ratcliffe says his preference is to build a new stadium for the club that can, quotes, also serve the North of England. United have played there since 1910, but he acknowledged it has become tired and in need of refurbishment. He added the potential project could be a catalyst for regeneration in South Manchester and would therefore warrant a conversation with the government about using taxpayers' money, as you and me. Are we going to pay for it? This was Sir Jim on that. I mean, it's, a, it's an impressive stadium and it's the largest Premier League stadium in the country, second largest stadium in the country to Wembley, I suppose. Um, but it, it's not quite of the standard you would expect of Manchester United today. And it's fallen behind, maybe 20 years ago it was, but today it's fallen behind. So we do need to look at the way forward for, for the, um, the stadium, the redevelopment of that stadium. There are clearly you know, two roads we could take. We could refurbish the existing stadium or we could, we could look at building a new stadium and that's, um, that's what we're looking at at the moment. I don't know who was interviewing him at that stage, but I hope whoever it was leapt on him. I mean, Stefan Borson, um, the the financial analyst who joins you and I now and again, Simon, he says there is clearly no scenario where the country's richest club, which is both publicly listed and majority owned by billionaires, can in essence be subsidised by the taxpayer. It's a ludicrous ask. Of course it is. I mean, I said this two or three weeks ago when the subject first was brought to the surface about the idea that there could be some hiding behind the guise of levelling up. Um, and creating a, 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 a scenario where this can be some mitigation and justification. This is, a, this is not Wembley. This is a domestic football club. This is a private enterprise owned by billionaires, profited from by billionaires, that spends £1.7 on players over a period of time. That is a private business that has its own uh, responsibilities. Mm. It's got nothing to do with, with regenerating Manchester or using taxpayers' money or levelling up as a result of necessity to do so. And be careful what you want when you start levelling up different parts of the country. Whilst you want investments in these parts of the country, of course you do. Then what happens is I'm finding as I'm trying to buy a house in Hull is when you uh, uh, when you try and buy property up in levelled up parts of the country, all of a sudden property prices go through the ceiling. So the levelling up idea comes with a sting in its tail. Um, I think it's a source. 
I think um, Stefan and I will concur on this view that it's not, not, there's not a parallel universe where there can be any mitigation justification. And by the way, aren't you a little bit embarrassed when your mates across the town have regenerated certain parts of Manchester out of their own dime? Um, in terms of Manchester City's ownership and bask that in that reflective glory and all the Man City fans will remind us endlessly yeah. how wonderful the Middle Eastern guys have been to redeveloping certain parts of Manchester yeah. with no real return for it besides their that goodwill. Era. That area around the Etihad is incredible. Yeah, really and, is. And, and fair play to them for doing it. I yeah. still maintain there's reasons behind why they do these things but that's not, that doesn't mean that the beneficiaries of it don't have some gratitude attached to it. Jim Radcliffe is playing all ends and playing all angles and saying the things that you would expect anybody with common sense that's going into a football club that's in a slight uh, scenario of malaise where it's disconnected from its fan base or sections of its fan base. Its football team aren't producing what it should be producing on the field. And there's a lot of expectation of Jim Radcliffe. So he's going to say sensible things and things that will perhaps put people uh, into a, a conversation where they debate it and ruminate over it and of course when he's playing to the Manchester United Supporters Trust Gallery and the North of England suggestion for someone that I believe doesn't live in this country or when he does resides in London um, you know the viewpoint that the northern side of things needs to be looked after there is no way if this was the London Football Club if this was Chelsea I'd say sod off Foley and his cronies can put their hands in their pocket and build a football stadium. It's preposterous. It's yeah. outrageous. It shouldn't be entertained for one second. Well, the and thing it's is, also quite insulting to use it to hide behind levelling up. I mean, he wants to do it. They want to do it. We don't want to help. Well, why should we? What is the argument? If the argument... <laughs> I'm all for... I'm all for the idea that international matches and other things can be played in and around the country. And FA Cup finals should be played at Villa Park and Hillsborough and all of those stadiums that once upon a time were traditional. Yeah. So what are you then? Are you wanting it to be like Wembley? Is your idea that you're going to do this? So are you going to have lots of pop concerts there? Are you going to play rugby matches there? Are you going to play American football? Is that good then for the image of Man United, that they're a home for everything other than just Manchester United? Is that what you want to be? It's a liberty. I don't blame him for pushing the envelope. It hasn't done Tottenham any harm. Well, no, but Tottenham aren't Manchester United. And Tottenham aren't being sold and valued at five or six billion quid. And Tottenham, Tottenham took funding but it was covid funding and they, yeah. they borrowed money they've got they didn't take a gift they took t repayable monies so what's they, your message got... to sir jim about using taxpayers money well i don't think it's much of a starter really um i don't think he's playing to a gallery of other people other than manchester united fans who will think well that's a good idea or why not and 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 then they'll look at it and they'll not do their research and they'll go well tottenham took government no they didn't tottenham took covid funding which was a a, a, a loan that has to be repaid at a lower interest rate okay maybe they can get that kind of funding they still got to repay it it's right. still a loan right wembley is not the same whether we like it or we don't and it's not a north south issue part of the imagery of english football and part of the reasons why it resonates around the world and people think of english football the way that they do and the premier league was spawned out of this sort of concept of the pyramid and wembley Brazilian players want to play at Wembley. Mm. It represents English football. It may not have the luster of the Twin Towers that once was there before, yeah. but it's still the home of English football, of international football, of major international events. And it's not for one individual football club. It's for everything. Sure, sure. And for, so Manchester United suggesting that they can get their nose in the trough and suggest that they should be getting some taxpayers' money is bordering upon moderately insulting yeah, and yeah. should be treated with a disdain. And I do hope that the journalists that were pulled together in this little select group of nodding dogs were able to ask that question and say, isn't that relatively preposterous, Sir Jim? You've just spent 1.3 billion quid on buying a 25% shareholding in arguably, under the title of the book, The World's Greatest Cash Machine. 
aka Chris Blackhurst's book. Yeah. Why aren't you paying for it your bloody selves? No, it's a good point. What do you think they'll end up doing? Do you think they'll end up doing what Daniel did at Tottenham? Not down White Hart Lane and build right beside it, but a state-of-the-art stadium. I, of I, course, the forerunner to all of this, I and I, I, care. I insist on this, was Fergus McCann at Celtic. Yeah. The, 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 the Scottish-Canadian businessman who came in, looked at Celtic Park, said, yeah. we're not moving, we're going to turn this into a state-of-the-art, superb depends, stadium, depends, where it is, and that's what, what they've done. Well, it depends what the chassis is. If you can build on the chassis and make it better in terms of the infrastructure that's there, I know that they're going to bring Gary Neville into the consultancy purpose. Maybe they're going to look at his grossy little hotel on the footprint of uh, uh, Old Trafford and get that removed and knocked down and maybe build upon something there. That's why they've got him involved. Incidentally, your behaviour inside that hotel that night with me was disgraceful. <laughs> You're complaining about that, complaining about this, complaining about the next. Is Gary the right man to help, though? That's not exactly uh, a, a silly move. Um, in what it depends on what capacity. It's a prudent move. Well, it depends in what capacity you're it's talking a, about. He's the voice of many fans. Yeah, he's the, he's the mayor of Manchester, the de facto mayor of Manchester, <laughs> or, or believes he is. But look, there's lots of things that Gary Neville says that are very coherent. Mm. And given the fact that he's been very, very critical of the Glazers regime, what do you do with your enemies? You bring them closer. Yeah. So all of a sudden, because Gary didn't say two things when he was being paid by the Glazers, didn't talk about this awful regime that he played in when he was there. He's only doing that because he knows that the gallery is very much against the Glazers, and rightly so to some extent, because if you've bought a football club that's cost you nothing and you've made millions out of it, or almost billions now, not, not almost billions, billions out of it, and it's not cost you a copper coin, and your team isn't performing on the pitch, then you're going to be copying this criticism. And if you won't talk to the fans and engage in them, give them anything to cling on to, yeah. you're going to get criticism. And if you, if you leave a vacuum, you're going to get people like Neville that come in and fill it. Right Now, whether he adds value or whether they want to talk to him about knocking down that grotty hotel of his in the footprint of Old it's Trafford. It's grotty. That's unfair. You get the best room that night. Well, that wasn't very difficult. You put your key in the door, it breaks the window at the back of the room. It's that bloody small. Um, <laughs> look, the point is, the point is, is that Neville's a voice. He understands Manchester United. Some of the things he says are, are, are good, and some of the things he says are rubbish. And some people could say that about some of the things that we say. I, no, I you think, say. No, I say. Then yeah, fine, fair enough. Yeah, yeah that's just my mother though. But <laughs> but the point is, is that you know, I don't know whether Gary adds any value to the equation, or it looks like a very clever move to bring a dissenting voice into the fold. Right. I would imagine. That, that Gary Neville's contribution to the intellectual capital around the redevelopment of Old Trafford will be as much as his contribution towards the success of Salford, <laughs> i.e. Peter Lim's money. Yeah. What it is prudent is to have a football board that consists of people like David Gill and Sir Alex. I mean... Yes, yeah, I don't surely. Do, yes, I would you know, look with due respect to Alex Ferguson. He's eighty-one years of age. Yeah, and 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 that time has passed. Mm. And whilst you can pick up invaluable thought processes from him on the football operation. I'm not going to really consult him too much about the commercial side of things. Okay. You know, part of the reasons why the Glazers own his football club is because of Alex Ferguson's dispute over that bloody horse. Um, so with that in mind, the Rock of Gibraltar, with that in mind, careful what you wish for. David Gill, different animal. Completely different animal, commercial mind that will communicate well with, with Jim Radcliffe. Whether yeah. he's coming back into the fold, who knows? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Go away because I'm doing an interview, okay? Go away. Uh, no problem. No, no. Like I said, go away, I'm, I'm doing an interview no, now. No, Come no, on, no, I... don't, I'll, I'll go away when I want. Go away. Whoa, 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 whoa. Florian, the Albanian king, Marku, and Chris, two slick Congo, have signed to fight in March. Man, what do you want? You want to talk or you want to fight? If you want to fight, let's fight here. I am not here to, to sing. Everybody knows me. I'm always willing to fight. I'm always willing to take risks. It is over. It is a breakthrough night for Chris Congo. You are not selling fights. People doesn't want to see you. Why you think me, they putting me every time here? This is more than boxing. This is personal now. And I'm coming for you. Good afternoon, everybody. It is three minutes past 12 noon. It's Jim White and it's Simon Jordan. We're live in TalkSport. And, of course, it's Thursday, Thursday lunchtime. And that means Spencer Oliver is in amongst us as we talk boxing once again. Yesterday, it was the turn of Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall to be in here in studio with ample security around them for the hour that we had with them. And today, it's the return of two fighters doing exactly the same. Florian Marku and Chris Congo. A bit of a grudge match. Uh, the boys are in here with us uh, uh, for the next the next half hour they're on the undercard of Fabio Wardley's British heavyweight title defence against Fraser Clark on March the 31st and uh, Florian has just taken his seat to my immediate left Chris Congo is in here as well with us and Spencer is with us too Spencer, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. Good afternoon, Simon. I'm not sure why you've positioned me over here and them two so close together I don't know if you know the history between these two but you know, tell us about the history. So. Yeah, Spencer, tell us about the history before we start with the boys. Well, there was a little back and forth at a press conference not so long ago with you two, which sort of created the interest for this fight, wasn't it? And I think, Chris, mm -hmm. it's a fight you've been looking forward to for a while. Definitely. And Florian with yourself as well. And it was a fight that had to happen. Yeah, <laughs> Chris is too no, busy looking at Florian and Florian's uh, just getting himself settled. Florian, tell us about this. I mean, uh, do you not like this guy? If so, why not? No, I don't have a problem at all. doesn't matter if he is or if somebody else is in front of me. I see them all the same thing. I see them like he's somebody that is trying to stop me from reaching my dreams and to provide for my family. I don't have nothing personal with him till the day he steps in the ring with me. Then it becomes personal and he have to pay for everything. 
Is it personal with you, Chris, come come the fight itself? It's never personal, you know. I think um, everybody knows me. I'm very respectful in the industry. Um, I talk up I talk up what I say I'm going to do. And I go in there and I always give an exciting fight and I back it up with what I say. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. This is boxing. When the bell goes, this guy, he's my enemy. And when the bell goes at the end of the fight, we can be friends after that. Why did you have to be pulled apart at this uh, press conference that Spencer was talking about there? What what was said? I, I basically said, we need let's make the fight happen, you know. I think it's a good fight for both of us. This is the time. He wasn't too interested in the fight. I feel like he's been forced into the fight now. And um, he, he, he basically pushed himself into the fight. He pushed me that pushed himself into the fight. He had no one else to fight. Who else could he fight? You know, what? go back in Albania, fight these other guys. They're, they're not names. I'm a name in a British, British welterweight um, division. And this is a good fight, you know. I mean, wh wh where do you see yourself positioned here, Chris, right now? I mean, you're coming off that narrow loss to Echo Esselman last mm -hmm. time out, last January. This is another great opportunity against a, a known fighter in Florian who's coming off a good win himself against Morgan last time out. Mm -hmm. I mean, where do you see yourself positioned here? Like, is it a must-win fight for you right now at this stage of your career? Well, I come from nothing, so anything is a must-win for me, regardless of if it's him, if it's, if it's someone small... I come from nothing and I'm on my way up. So this is th th that's what it is for me. And Florian, with yourself, you've, you've been chasing a fight with Conor Ben, a fight that you've been, you know, yeah. been talking about maybe for the last <clears throat> couple of years, really, but even more so recently. So, you know, you're talking about sort of getting to those sort of levels and you've got this fight here now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a must-win fight for you, really, in, in many senses as well, isn't it? Uh, look, brother, uh, in, uh, we... we, we... We wanted the fight with Conor Ben. We wanted the fight with Josh Taylor. Both of these guys, they didn't want the fight because they know the danger that I am. Maybe the people from the beginning when I came to the boxing, they was uh, underestimating me. They were saying Florian can do nothing. And now I show them that, yes, Florian can box, can kickbox. I was an MMA and now I'm boxing. I'm knocking people out. And uh, I know people, uh, is they are not believing in me. In the 31 of March, I have one more test in front of me mm. that he is uh, Chris, and I'm gonna silence one month once more the doubts that the people have in their minds. You know that they think that Florian. Let's see, because uh, Chris have a good record, he have good fights, some good fights, and the people, the UK crowd knows him, and I think. Uh, after this fight, people going to put a lot of respect on him. But me. Chris is saying that you're only taking this fight because you've got nobody else to fight. No, we had so many fights to so many other names. Uh, what, to, names? what names? To fight. What names did you have? Uh, we had uh, Harry Scarf, we had Louis Crocker, we have uh, big names, bigger than you, and you can ask uh, your uh, your team. And I say to both of these guys, uh, yes, uh, because them, them I say... guys, they're bigger, bigger names than me? Uh, bigger record, bigger rankings. No, they I'm are, saying are they bigger names than me? They have a bigger... No. there you go. No, no. Why do you no, want this one fight? Minute. Why, no, no. Just out of curiosity, Chris, why do you want yeah. this fight? Because this is a, this is a fight where we're both known. Both, uh, and the one thing about it is when the industry want to see a fight, a good fight, and they call for it, it should be like UFC. It should be done within months, yeah? It shouldn't take this long for fights to happen. And the reason why I want this fight, because I want to I, I show everyone what I'm about. He says he's a top man. If if a guy's coming into the into the welterweight division, say they're the best, well, come and fight all of us then, you know? 
And he hasn't fought no one in, in the British scene. British but it's level. you that's fixated this on is, him, not him. Is, I'm asking you the question because he's not fixated on you. You're fixated on him. <laughs> so I'm curious to see why that is the case because you've made an allegation against him, which is he got no one else to fight. Good right? that answer. So why, who else why, why, why are you making it about him then? But who else has he got to fight? I'm not worried about him. I'm talking about you right now. Why do you, why do you, I'll talk to him about him in a second. Because but why he's do you a, want to fight him? Because he's a name in the, the division. Right. That I've got to take. I am a name because I knock people out. I go. I bring always yeah, excitement your career. Yeah. for the fans. Watch both your careers. I mean, Florent, do you think Chris's star has fallen slump somewhat now that he's lost his unbeaten record? No, I think uh, in the 31 of March he will bring he will bring the best out of him because he like it or not. I'm a big name in the UK. The people love to watch me, not because I'm something that is special, but I put my heart in the ring, and I think this is a big chance for him to show how. How good he is and the last loss his was not something but it is not gonna be enough like chris everybody that i fought they had the same mindset to come and to beat me and to say florian was not a boxer it was a kickboxer it was a mma fighter but we show them once more this is really it's like a crossroads fight for both of you isn't it in many senses i mean where does the winner go from here and, and where does the loser go i mean there's a lot on the line for both of you here because it is the way that I look at it and the landscape of, of the division right now, you go, it's a must-win fight for both of you because it is like a crossroads fight. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, crossroads fight, but winner pushes on and the loser, there's loads of British British names out here that people want to see, can always fight another British name. That's it. You but what's the, what's you, the you, winner you, looking you, for? Yeah, I mean, where does the, it go? Where is the, where is, what's the route map for if what, whoever wins this fight goes where? Could be, could be European. Right. Could could be British title, could be wh wherever you know. Sky's the limit. Mm. Because you're coming off the back of a loss, Chris, aren't you? And mm -hmm. I was at that fight, and I think it was expected that you were going to win that fight. And it was a hard night for you because off the back of the Sebastian Formella win, people were starting to build anticipation about you again. Mm -hmm. This is an important fight for you, isn't it? Because if this goes the wrong way, then where does it leave your career for you? And in your mind, I know you boys don't think about defeat. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of asking a difficult question, which might be difficult for you to answer. But it's a very much a must-win fight for you now, isn't it? Of course. And that question um, that you asked, I, I, I ain't answering that, and I can't answer that because there's only one thing on my mind, which is a win. So that's it. But massive disappointment that you lost last time out. Yeah, massive disappointment. You know, I lost. I didn't blame no one. I didn't blame no one but myself. I know what what happened in there. He blames someone. He goes I, I, to that face of the echo. I've and never, I've never, I've never blamed anybody. I haven't saw this video. Look, look at my interviews after. I saw the after. video that I've he was on uh, YouTube anybody. with uh, Echo Esoman, and I didn't know that he does all the, these things with well, everyone. You think he blames I, everybody I else but himself? No, no, I said he, to him, gone, it's a close fight. Let's have a to Echo He gone to the Echo after their fight, and Echo was doing an interview, and he stopped the interview. The same thing that he did with me, and I was thinking only happened with me but that is his plan you know when somebody is speaking with a camera you go interrupt him but with me it's different because me i'm good to the good but bad and very bad to the bad and when he came to me i thought what is going on and he blamed others because he was blaming echo no you didn't win and he was in front of his cam over the cameras and i think he blamed others for this fight i think it was very good fight to tell you the truth uh, congo fight uh, fight good fight it was a close fight but I think uh, still he lost. After six, seven rounds, he was winning. 
then the things start changing a little bit. But it was I, don't a close fight. I don't think that's fair, Florian. If he doesn't think that the other guy won the fight, I don't think that's blaming somebody. I think it's just giving a version of events. We had Josh Taylor in here mm-hmm. and Jack Cattrall, and Josh Taylor thinks he won that fight, and the rest of the world thinks he lost it. Because they uh, are between each other. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, fine, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, fine. But my point is, is you're yeah. making an allegation that he's blaming other people. He's suggesting that he didn't lose that fight and he doesn't like the outcome. You wouldn't like an outcome if you didn't think you win. What, is there any... Is there any truth in the observation that he appears to make which is that you don't you didn't want this fight uh i wanted this fight he knows that before when it was my from my first big shows and uh he wanted the super welterweight i was uh welterweight he wanted the no he wanted no sorry super welterweight. he wanted two kilos over yeah. i did all the plan for this uh, fight he didn't catch he didn't want to make the fight we say yeah you don't want it then we go forward and me, I'm the guy that always I had options to fight somebody because my fan base, my style of fighting, always I have some options to fight. I was not only, oh, let's fight Chris. Chris is the guy that I should fight. I didn't care anymore about right. Chris. I was going on okay. on my career with fighting good names like it was Chris Jenkins. Chris, you're smiling. So Let me ask you something, Florian. Whatever right? you want. So we were supposed to fight on Joshua Pulev, right? Mm-hmm. And your team basically put out on social media, Sam Jones was managing you at the time. Mm-hmm. He put out on the internet mm-hmm. that your opponent pulled out were looking for an opponent. Me, being the professional I am... Yeah, that's, that was with, what I say about with, the two kilos difference with you. Okay, but listen, but listen, listen, let me finish. With the professional I am, with on fight week, being ready to fight, right? I said, yeah, we'll take it. How, how many rounds? My manager said eight rounds. I said, no problem. What's the weight? And I, I said to them first, wait, is there a title on the line? They said, no, it's, it's, too, it's too soon for that. But if you're about 149, 150, that's fine. There's no title on the line. I said, deal. Make the fight happen. So why did you make an issue over three pounds for no title? Plus, what I want to get at is that on the day of that fight, you weighed in even heavier. You you come in over the one four seven limit. Yeah. So how does how does that make sense? If you can explain that to me, maybe Florian, I can over try, to you. Try try get yes. get my head around uh, it. First of all, the fight was in welterweight, mm-hmm. and uh, you was one hundred and fifty two. It was. Uh, I was one fifty. Yes, they told me the fight. Sam Jones and my my team was telling me that you wanted this fight at one fifty two, mm-hmm. and I say to them, if he won this fight, he won. He must come to my weight. Why should I prepare for one fight in 147? Yeah, okay, I couldn't go till one, 149, 150. You should be the one that should... You, you had time. You had four, four days, I think, to lose the, this weight. If it was so easy for you and you wanted this fight, it couldn't happen. So you how, didn't come, want how it. come you weighed in heavier than 147 on the night? 300 grams. <laughs> Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Who sees himself as the A-side in this fight? Ooh. I, would, I would say him. He sees himself as the A side. Is that is that the way you see it? No, that's the way he sees it. Okay, so you see yourself I, as the I, A I side see as well. As the A side, of course. Okay. Only from this question, from this answer, you can understand that he's weak inside him, and he doesn't believe. Why Never. I say that? Never. Why? Why I say that? Every, because if knows. I was, if I was in his position, I'm gonna say the say the the, the true thing. You think he's the A side? He's begging for this fight with me. He's doing uh, the the oh I want this fight. I want to play with Florian. 
I am the A side. He knows that. He what he what how he can he be the A side? He doesn't know that. So are you what doing he, him a favor, Florian? Uh, You're doing him a favor no, by giving him a No, I don't do favors. Fight. I don't do favors to no one. I do favors to myself. But the the it was a fight that the people wanted, and I say yes if they think that this guy can beat me. Let's go, Florian. I have a question for you. What do you see when you see Chris Congo? What do you see when you look at him? What I see? Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that you're stepping in the ring with on March the 31st. What do you see there when you look at him? Brother. I mean, when you're fighting someone, you look at someone and you can tell generally whether they fancy it, whether they don't fancy it, whether you've got confidence. <clears throat> what do you see? I cannot judge someone from his appearance or how he he, he talks or what he do. At the night, he's going to show what he's about. But it doesn't matter how he see himself. All what others is how I see myself going to the fight, how I see myself and how I am inside of me. That is, well, that is all what matters. Whatever he is, is for himself. I know what I am about. I know what I'm capable of. And this guy here, he's going to try to stop me to go to my dreams and provide for my family and know him, but five like him cannot stop me. And, and Chris, this is what I... Chris, the same to you, really. I mean, how do you beat him? Well, I fought a guy similar, if not similar, better than him in my last fight, you know. We all know what he's going to do. Um, Echo really comes with a lot more pressure than he does. Is Echo he, a better he, fighter he, than he, him? Uh, 100%, most definitely. Um, if I stop I believe, you, then I will, you, what are you going to say? Yo, then? I don't die easy. That's one thing about me. I, I, I don't die easy. Okay. Anybody that knows no, we are me, not here for dying. No, of course. <laughs> but are, you, oh, if you not. understand <laughs> what I'm saying, then yeah. you yeah. know, yo, yeah. I'm a tough, tough cookie and I'm not getting out there. Who but says tough? No guy, way. Who says tough fought, this guy is Echo. not tough. Mm -hmm. Echo Osman, you think is better? Hundred percent, skill, yeah. skill wise, <clears throat> how he how he works his way around the ring. His ring generalship is is good, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure he, he he'll be working on it. His team's good, but if 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 you've seen them, we, we've really analysed and gone down to DL some things that Grant has said to him in the corner, and he hasn't listened as a fighter. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on there, but for me. Mm. I stick to my game plan. Do what I'm. Do what I need to do in there. And March the thirty first, I am gonna be victorious. Now it could be interesting uh, on the night. You've got a very big following with the Millwall fan base, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have a big Albanian following in this country, Florian. Um, it's gonna be quite. An, it's gonna be quite an atmosphere to say the least of it. Who's got the bigger following? Well, let's, the person with a bigger following will come and see on the night. You, you know? see, you only see, about this see, talking, you the, understand that? Uh, who have the bigger following? Who sell more tickets? Who bring the crowd in the crowd? He, 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 said, he says, I don't sell tickets. So we'll see on that night. We'll no, it doesn't matter night. if you... But we'll we say till, till 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 now, what have happened? If When you think who have the biggest following is obvious. Why you have to... And yes... Uh, let's see. Why you have to think so much? You know who have the bigger followers. You have, you know who bring the most crowd. That was me. It was making. Well, one, well, listen. One thing I'll say: it don't <laughs> matter about following. It don't matter about this. It don't matter about corner. But when the bell goes, we'll see each other. No yeah, worries, brother. Yeah. I haven't That's lost. No worries, brother. I haven't lost for the last eleven years. You have lost two times. I haven't never felt the how is to no be. No problem. Be, March thirty first. First. first yes. Has, has flown full of the levels. But that. That, that's the, that is the question because Florian hasn't boxed at the level obviously Chris has mm -hmm. this is a sort of coming of age fight for you Florian because you are stepping up I know you've called out the big names in the division in the past why? Chris Jenkins and was not the big name 
Yeah, but who stopped Chris Jenkins? Who stopped Green Jenkins like I did? Would you say Chris Jenkins was better than Echo Essamon? No, Echo That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying at the level, what I'm saying is it is a step up for you in class. He's a good fight. I don't. I think I have had much more better fights like Chris in my life. And uh, I'm gonna show it. I think uh, I fight many, in many boxing, better fights. In boxing, who? In boxing, uh, I think uh, Chris Jenkins was good. Uh, yeah. Maxim Prodan was a, good. A, a three he three was... years ago, Chris Jenkins, trust me, he would have beat you. Three years ago, right now, we don't know. I, that. I, I, I know, I know what he gets up to. I'm not gonna say the, nothing. You but know what is the important he, thing he and the most the interesting thing is whoever they bring me, I beat him. Him, okay, they bring him two last guys and, and, and he lost. Him. Would that, would that include Connor Ben? Yeah. Would both of you, somewhere along the line, fancy your chances against Connor Ben? What about you, Florian? If you come through this with with Chris, uh, Connor Ben is a fight. I think right now his popular name in UK. He have make a good career. His father also was a big name, and this helps him a lot. But now he has his own way. Of course, that is a fight that all the UK fans want. And after what happened with him, with the, uh, with the testing, and so I think uh, I will have also some UK fans supporting me if this fight happen. For me, it doesn't matter if it happens here in Dubai, in America, whenever we have people there. And yeah, you I would think take the fans, it. What about yes. you, Chris? Of course, that's a fight I've been speaking about for a long time. You know, but obviously he's gone on his way and his route, but. Maybe this is his way back to come and see us in the British scene, you know, to come and see me. And uh, yeah, my, but like I always say, my focus, March 31st, you, you can bring me back after I win to talk about that. Okay. Do, do, well, you, do you guys, either one of you, both, question to both of you, mm. do you expect to hear the final bell in this fight? No. Do you expect to knock him out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is very interesting. Uh, that he he gonna he gonna knock me out. Let's what see. What do you think? Let, what what, I, you what anticipating? Do you expect how he gonna knock me out? Well, Running around the he, around. He tell you, he? No, I'm I I, you I, I tell you, do. I tell you, answer and question together. Yeah. How he gonna knock me out? Running around the ring and jabbing and trying to avoid me and try to hug okay. me. The, because this is trying to do sometimes. Maybe he's try sometimes to stay a little bit in the pocket with me, but when he will feel how I punch how fast I am, then she's going to understand that, oh, this guy is not like the others. Fantastic. Let's not worry about what he's going to do. Yes. Let's worry about what you're going to do. Yeah, I'm going to do, do that. You, do I say that I'm going to do out? that. Uh, I'm expecting him to be, yes, unconscious. I'm going to okay. stop him. Right. And I know well, nice he will know, try to run. We see if he say he's going to stop me, if he will stay with me, to trade with me, even once. But you're going to see it in the fight. And the fight tickets are selling fast for uh, Who the fight night. <laughs> Who she stopped before? Tell me. Who she stopped? She stopped only some journeymen before. Who she stopped? She stopped Formella. He stopped the other guy. Well, Formella's not a journeyman, is he? he might be no, 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 career, I mean, no, no. I mean, before before Formella was journeyman. Then he fight Formella. He fight with Echo. And he fight some, some other men. And some of yours are journeyman as well. So Three journeymen I had all my career. All he right. had 10. <laughs> You're getting brave. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.